You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. We know it will end, but we don't know what end we will come to. But if you knew, if you were told what you were going to suffer for Christ, would you still follow the Lord? This is what Jesus is asking Peter. Peter, you're going to die. You're going to be crucified. Follow me. It's a command and a challenge. Follow me. We know that Peter did. Sometimes the Lord will give you difficult words or ask challenging things of you. The Bible is clear. You will suffer on earth because you believe in Jesus. And as Pastor Dave will explain today, God's preparing you even now and asking if you will still follow Him, love Him, and stay strong in your faith if you have to suffer. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 21 as he begins his message. What is it to you? You follow me. You are So if you will turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 21, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 23. So hopefully you found your way there in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Jesus is speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wish. But when you were old... You will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord... What about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went out among the brethren that disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? So I've entitled this message, What is it to you? You follow me. These are the words that Jesus spoke to Peter after their breakfast. And I'd like to begin by reading a passage from Oswald Chambers in his daily devotion called My Utmost for His Highest. And this is dated November 15, 2019. And he writes this, quote, One of the hardest lessons to learn comes from our stubborn refusal to refrain from interfering in other people's lives. It takes a long time to realize the danger of being an amateur providence, that is, interfering with God's plans for others. You see someone suffering and say, he will not suffer, and I will make sure that he doesn't. 
You put your hand right in front of God's permissive will and stop it. And then God says, what is that to you? Is there stagnation in your spiritual life? Don't allow it to continue, but get into God's presence and find out the reason for it. You will possibly find it is because you have been interfering in the life of another, proposing things that you had no right to propose or advising when you had no right to advise. When you do have to give advice to another person, God will advise you through the direct understanding of his Holy Spirit. Your part is to maintain a right relationship with God so that his discernment can come through you continually for the purpose of blessing someone else. Most of us live only within the level of consciousness, consciously serving and consciously devoted to God. This shows immaturity in the fact that we're not yet living the real Christian life. Maturity is produced in the life of a child of God on the unconscious level until we become so totally surrendered to God that we are not even aware of being used by him. When we are consciously aware of being used as broken bread and poured out wine, we have yet another level to reach. A level where all awareness of ourselves and of what God is doing through us is completely eliminated. A saint is never consciously a saint. A saint is consciously dependent on God. Unquote. Wow. Some incredible words from Oswald Chambers. A lot of us read him on a daily basis. And we glean a lot from his words. So what does that have to do with us today? Where, where is the connection? Well, I think that in our scriptures this morning, God is calling us to be consciously dependent upon him. He's calling us to follow him in all situations and in all circumstances. We're not to look to the right nor to look to the left, but we are to follow him in all his ways. And as we open our verses this morning, we remember that after breakfast, Jesus spoke to Peter asking the question, Peter, do you love me more than these? Upon Peter's affirmation of his love for Jesus, The Lord encourages him, giving him a new outlook and a new confirmation of his calling. Jesus tells Peter to feed his lambs, to tend to his sheep, to feed his sheep. And in these words, Peter's being restored to apostleship. He's being restored to leadership. He's being transformed from being a fisherman into a shepherd. After speaking to Peter about his life and his ministry, Jesus strangely now speaks to Peter about his death. Let's look at verse 18. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Jesus begins by saying, most assuredly. Now, if you are a King James person, it's truly, truly. In other words, pay attention to this, Peter. Pay attention to this saint, because something that is coming is very, very important. Can you imagine what was going through Peter's mind when the Lord said this? 
when the Lord began to openly talk about Peter's death in public for all to hear. I mean, one minute, Peter probably was rejoicing in the fact that he'd been restored to fellowship and apostleship. He was probably really rejoicing in his heart that the Lord had restored him and had brought him back into the fold, so to speak. And he was excited that the Lord was still going to use him. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And in spite of his failures, the Lord would use him. Oh, saint, brothers and sisters, how we can glean from that that in spite of our failures, the Lord will use us. The Lord will continue to use us in spite of ourselves. He will continue to work in us through his Holy Spirit. He will continue to work through us in the lives of others. He will continue as we bring the gospel message forth in our lives and in our words. How blessed is it to know that even when we fail, he's with us to restore us and to bring us back into him. That's a wonderful feeling for me, anyhow. So one minute, Peter's rejoicing, hallelujah. The next minute, Jesus is referring to the way Peter would die. Wait a minute. Why are you bringing that up now? See, Jesus was still refining Peter. He was still molding Peter. Peter wasn't there yet. And Peter really wouldn't be completed, obviously, until he meets Jesus face to face. But his training wouldn't be completed until he was empowered by the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But he was refining Peter. He was, he was still teaching Peter. He was helping him. He was preparing Peter for this great work that he was going to accomplish through Peter. And maybe, maybe he's preparing you for a great work right now. Maybe he's using this coronavirus to prepare you for a great work that he has for you yet to do. I don't know. Jesus was refining Peter. He wasn't finished with his lesson. He was still teaching and preparing him. As you read through the gospel, particularly in the gospel of Luke, Jesus had talked about the cost of discipleship. He had talked about it several times, and I'm not, no doubt that the disciples probably weren't listening to him when he talked about discipleship and the cost of discipleship, or they failed to remember. But Saying to Peter what way he would die, I'm sure now the Lord had Peter's full attention. I'm sure his ears perked up and said, what? Peter wanted to remember his words, and Jesus wanted him to remember his words. Peter, when you were younger, those carefree days, you remember, you could go wherever you want, you could do whatever you want. There were some wild days for me, I don't want to remember them too much. But then Jesus spoke of Peter's future. When you're old, someone's going to bind you, Peter, and carry you off to a place where you don't want to go. Jesus tells Peter that this would be a place where you're going to stretch out your hand, Peter. You're going to stretch out your hands. And it may seem confusing to us what Jesus is saying to Peter. It might be confusing. And John knew that. Now remember, John's talking after the fact. John's talking after the fact. And he writes these comments in verse 19a. He says, John writes, This he, Jesus, spoke, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. Wow. Jesus was telling Peter what kind of death he would die, and his death would glorify God. 
Now, tradition says that Peter was crucified upside down in Rome during one of Nero's persecutions somewhere in the mid-60s. The church historian, Esufius, wrote this, quote, Peter seems to have preached in Pontus, Galatia, Bithynia, Cappadocia, and Asia. He preached to the Jews of the dispersion, and at last, having come to Rome, he was crucified head downward, for so he himself had asked to suffer. So tradition says that this is how Peter died, fulfilling Jesus' prophecy, that he was carried off and he was crucified. But John also said that in this death, he would glorify God. He would glorify God in this. Imagine what was going through Peter's mind as Jesus spoke. Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, you're going to be crucified just like I was. And you're going to die with your hands stretched out. But in doing so, Peter, you're going to glorify God. Wow. Did Peter all of a sudden go back to Jesus' prayer in John 17, 1, when Jesus looked up to the Father and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, and your Son may also glorify you. Remembering that Jesus glorified God in his crucifixion? Yeah. Peter failed many times. Many, many times. But he would still have a chance to glorify God. What great assurance this has given to Peter. What great assurance Peter now has of this. Just a few weeks before, he was denying Jesus. He was denying that he ever knew him. And now, and now, Jesus says, you're going to die in complete faithfulness to your Messiah. You're going to die in complete faithfulness to me, and you're going to glorify God. Oh, saint. Isn't it every Christian's dream to glorify God? Every Christian's want to glorify God, whether it be in word or deed or life. What a beautiful epitaph. Would that be a great epitaph? He glorified God. Wow. What a glorious epitaph would there be to any Christian, who, anybody who calls himself a Christian. Glorifying God. But you can. We can glorify God. And when Jesus had spoken that, it says in 19b, he says two words. And these two words should have rung true to Peter. Peter had heard them before, three years ago. Follow me. Follow me. This was a command, once again, to follow me. He had, as I said, he had given this to the command to Peter and all the disciples some three years earlier. And then after they had been together a while, Jesus ups the ante. He ups the ante and he says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me daily, it says in Luke. Follow me daily. When Jesus said to Peter, follow me, it was not only a command, but it was a challenge. It was a challenge, follow me. He just told Peter what manner he was going to die. Did this excite Peter or did it make him fearful? Doesn't say. See, the follow me is in the verb. Now, you have to understand that written in the Greek, it's different because they have different language formations and things. But the way this is written, it's written, continue to follow me. Don't stop following me. Continue on in following me. Wow. 
Peter, follow me, even though you know what kind of death you're going to have. Wow. How about you today? We don't know our end. We know it will end, but we don't know what end we will come to. But if you knew, if you were told what you were going to suffer for Christ, would you still follow the Lord? This is what Jesus is asking Peter. Peter, you're going to die. You're going to be crucified. Follow me. It's a command and a challenge. Follow me. We know that Peter did. But someone else was called this way. In Acts 9.16, listen to what Jesus says. I'm going to read Acts 5.9, verses 15 and 16. This is after Paul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus was speaking. Now, after that, he goes to a man named Ananias. And Ananias is there, and the Lord speaks to him, and he tells him that there's this man named Saul who's praying. And you're to go to him and talk to him. And Ananias comes back and says, Lord, are you kidding me? This guy's killing Christians. Why would I want to go to him? And Jesus says this in verse 15. Go, for he, speaking of Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And we know that Paul went. We know that Paul followed Jesus to the end. And we know that Paul suffered many, many, many things. You can read about it in the Corinthian letters. So Jesus is saying to Peter, will you follow me even though I just told you you're going to die that way? Will you follow me even though you're going to suffer these horrible things? Did Jesus' words, follow me, bring back memories for Peter? A time when he first met Jesus and he was so enamored by Jesus, when he was so in love with Jesus, wanting to follow him anywhere, wanting to follow him everywhere. A time when, when all he wanted to do was see Jesus. All he wanted to do was hear him speak. All he wanted to do was, was be with him and, and protect him. Yes, he would follow Jesus. And we know from Scripture including the two epistles that he wrote, he would become a great leader and a great faithful man. And he would lead many others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He would be the first one to go to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. What a beautiful, beautiful scene here between Jesus and Peter. At this time, it seemed like Peter had everything going for him. It's like at this time, Peter was back up on the mountain of transfiguration with, with Elijah, Moses, and Jesus. He, he, he was on a mountaintop experience. Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build a tent for each of you. Oh, Peter, you were that far from a clean getaway. That far from a clean getaway, Peter, but why did you have to open your mouth? Oh, Peter, you're so much like me. <laughs> or I'm so much like you. Look at verse 20. Then Peter... Turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who will betray you? 21. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, 
What about this man? <laughs> oh, Peter. Peter, 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 you've just been restored to apostleship. You've just been restored to leadership. And now Jesus challenges you to follow him no matter what you're, how you're going to die. Peter doesn't even say, I'll follow you, Lord. He doesn't even say that. <laughs> he can't get that out of his mouth. No. Peter looks around, and there's a familiar face, the one who Jesus loved. Now, we know this is John because he always introduces himself as the one Jesus loved. Peter looks around and sees this guy. Oh, that's the one who laid his head on Jesus' breast. And Peter says, what about him? <laughs> what about him? Oh, Peter. Peter, you took your eyes off the prize. You took your eyes off the prize and you placed them on a man. Remember on the Sea of Galilee when the Lord walked out to the boat and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Peter jumped out the boat and he started walking to the Lord on top of the water. And all of a sudden the waves got a little hairy and Peter looked down and he sank like a rock because he took his eyes off Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus and once again, Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and his old flesh kicked in. His old self kicked in and he never missed a beat. What about him? This is what happens when we take our eyes off of Jesus. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, our flesh is just waiting to pounce on us. One minute we're reveling in the light of the Lord. Woo, praise God. Then we take our eyes off of him and the next thing we're looking around others and comparing ourselves to others. One minute, in a blink of an eye, what about them? We're always concerned about someone else. Someone else's walk, someone else's prayer life, someone else's whatever. We listen to a message and we say, boy, this is for them. I got to get this CD because this is for them. I got to give them that CD when in reality, you're listening to it and it's for you. We love to compare ourselves to others. I'm not like that or they're better than I am. We compare homes, we compare cars, we compare lifestyles, we compare occupations, we compare this, we compare that. We're always looking to the other person. We look at people who are hurting in times of affliction, in times of want, and we say, boy, look at them. person who says, why am I hurting? Why am I in this pain? Look at that person. He's just cruising along. Nothing's wrong with him. Not knowing what that person's going through not knowing the troubles that they've had to deal with. The next time you're in this pity party, listen to the words of Jesus in verse 22. Jesus looked at him and he said, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. He made it quite clear and he's making it clear to us today, folks. What is that to you? You follow me. In other words, Peter, mind your own business. The relationship you have is between Jesus and you. It's a personal relationship, and it is geared to you. You are a Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on Assure Hope.